Welcome to the Gate Crashers Podcast, where we storm the gates of publishing and dare to talk about the realities of the industry. I'm your Ivory Tower representative, Amanda Liedeke, literary agent and vice president at McGregor and Liedeke. And I'm your self-publishing insider, Therese Crow, novelist and speaker. So a couple weeks back, we talked about the proposed merger between Penguin Random and Simon and & Schuster. Um, and as an aside, because I was I was going through some of the comment threads online and somebody cheekily replied, man, I was really hoping for the SS Random Penguin, but guess not. <laughs> I mean, what would you call yourself when you're... you're three giant publishers all under one roof now i mean ss random penguin yeah definitely but that's funny sounds like a a good pleasure cruise yeah so yeah by now we've all heard that the merger has been denied hooray and i was kind of surprised by the online community reaction of it was mixed Mm -hmm. it was it was more mixed than i thought it would be and it essentially came down to, I think maybe just writers who didn't fully understand the implications of what the merger would do. Because I saw a lot of like, yeah, if they'd been allowed to merge, they could have charged whatever price they wanted for books. I'm like, man, if there's anything in this industry that nobody's at a danger of, it's books suddenly becoming way too expensive to be affordable. Like that's just, yeah. in the pricing sector, I mean, every single self-published author is a competitor against these big houses. So that'll never happen. Like your books are never going to be, you know, ridiculously inflated or something because there's only a couple of suppliers on the market. That's just, that's not going to happen. Yeah. But it was interesting that the reason that the merger couldn't go through essentially came down to if they were allowed to merge, it would have lessened the competition for top selling books. (laughs) And it just kind of like got to me because it's like, that's, that's like the least of our concerns here. It's not really like, that wasn't why I was concerned about the merger. It wasn't, oh no. What if Lee Child or Stephen King is making fewer millions than the millions they will still make? It was, you know, what about the authors who are only getting paid five or ten thousand dollars for their advances? You know, when does that start dropping to twenty five hundred or five thousand for your advance? You know, yeah, it's that was that was the ick for me. That was my concern was that it wouldn't be sustainable like to the degree that like publishing would essentially get so big that it couldn't feed itself and would end up starving to death because if you don't have enough of those new authors coming up who are able to like you know that you can take a risk on if you're not paying them well enough and then people just don't don't send you books they you let traditional publishing die out because you got so big and you got so greedy that you didn't want to pay decent royalties or decent advances or does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense, but I think it's still at risk of that. Oh yeah. It's definitely still at risk because like, so here's the, uh, here's the other side of it. If penguin random isn't going to buy Simon and Schuster, right. Who will, yeah. Who will buy them? Will Mm -hmm. somebody or will, 
they start shuttering some of the imprints, which will mm-hmm. then who that's going to hurt in the long run is the little guy. That means fewer spots on a list, fewer spots for debut writers, fewer spots for mid-list authors. Right. And so that's how I, that's why I, I don't know how to feel about it. I don't know because Simon and Schuster is already in my opinion, like just like slowly, like, shrinking Mm. (laughs) this is my opinion on it i could be Mm -hmm. wrong and i'm not like i don't spend a ton of time studying the market but from my experience with it it's like just it seems to be slowly shrinking and so like old age osteoporosis like you're just slowly getting shorter and smaller like yeah where they're just cutting off the stuff that's not making the money and they're you know, reducing the amount of fiction they're doing or the amount of, you know, whatever it is. And um, I think one editor that I'm talking, that I've talked with in the past and worked with, it's like, they're like, they were with one thing, but that didn't work. That imprint didn't work. So they trashed Mm -hmm. that imprint. They're trying a different thing. And so that's the like, that makes me be like, oh, I don't know then what this means. Cause what we don't want happening is like Amazon buying it or, um, you know, anything like that. We definitely, definitely don't want that happening. I don't know how to feel about it. It'll depend on who ends up buying Simon Schuster. If someone ends up buying Simon Schuster. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still happy about the merger on the, on the whole. Mm -hmm. Um, and the assistant attorney general, one of the quotes from an article I'm reading He said that the proposed merger would have reduced competition, decreased author compensation, diminished the breadth, depth, and diversity of our stories and ideas, and ultimately impoverished our democracy, which I think especially, you know, the diversity aspect, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's something that the publishing industry already struggles with. You know, it's been a very white anglo-saxon protestant focused industry you know in a for a large piece of that pie and so having these massive companies merge you know no matter what their twitter hashtags are there's just with less competition you're just going to get less diversity less opportunity fewer voices that's just that's just how things work you know yeah we'll see what happens like i realize like these things change hands and so-and-so buys so-and-so and the merging is always something that has happened i mean it's how we got harper collins there was a merger mm-hmm. at what like once upon a time i think there's a big opportunity here though for middle range sized houses to really step up and right. to provide some level of stability or provide you know, different opportunities um, as we see New York kind of consolidating (laughs) their publishing houses and even consolidating, you know, all of these, all of this, um, this push to like ban voices or to, to move toward, I don't know, a more controlled, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just feel like there's so much opportunity for the middle of the road right to step up their game 
and be more competition against the big publishers for sure. Right. And unfortunately, I don't see that happening. What I see happening, though, is opportunity for brand new ideas and opportunity for people to kind of just start completely new ventures that provide a different experience than the traditional old school publishing model, you know, and so that's just, I mean, so there's that reality too. whether these companies merge or not, which they aren't going to, but even if they did or whoever decides to buy Simon and Schuster, we live in a society where, you know, entrepreneurship is encouraged. Mm -hmm. And that means, you know, for with all of the hard that can come from such a focus on economic growth, there's also then that means there will be new ideas, different opportunities. Um, And the whole landscape could be completely different in a good way, you know, 10 or 20 years from now. Right. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Gatecrashers podcast. If you found value in this episode or in any of the episodes we've done, you can drop a tip in our tip jar. Simply use our link, paypal.me slash gatecrashers, or log into PayPal and search us using our username, which is at gatecrashers. And be sure to be here next week for a brand new episode. 